edition of small doses um you know we we've been doing a lot of we always do like interview episodes and i'm loving our educator series and so when we do these solo episodes i've kind of just been like keeping them to the relationship vibe of things because i want to just be mindful about keeping a balance with you guys of talking about things from a number of different perspectives and on the life spectrum because that's what this show is all about and um I, I had a, an inter- I had an interview that I did with this um, this site uh, Style Like You. It's a series. I had an interview with them go somewhat viral, where I was talking about tone and how people misinterpret my tone, and how you know I want to you know be I am a passionate person, and sometimes that's the mistermi- gets misinterpreted as hostile. And so that was something that a lot of people it resonated with them in a lot of ways. I wanted to bring some other color to that too, and not just related to tone, but I wanted to do a, an episode called Side Effects of Choosing Softness because I think that it's something that a lot of us, particularly black women, have to like make a choice to do because it doesn't necessarily come to us naturally because we often don't get to exist in a space of softness in order to get what we need done. And so it becomes a real dance of when and how to really bring that softness to the surface. And I know some people listening might be like, yeah, but if you can just live like that all the time, then you'll be free of so much stress. And I'm not saying that that's not possible. I'm not saying that that's not a possibility, but I know for me, I haven't, um, I haven't found a way to to invoke the softness all the time, but I've had to find ways, particularly in my relationship and in leadership, to bring softness to the surface. And it's it's been difficult in more ways than one. Ultimately, it's difficult when you're simply just someone who's not a patient person. <laughs> and two... When you haven't necessarily been raised in that type of handling of things. I know when we look at parenting, softness is a big part of that too. I'm not a parent, so I can't speak to that. But I've definitely watched as parenting has started to shift, particularly amongst like black folks, in how they discipline. And I know that the thought process here that a lot of y'all are thinking is, but I don't want to be a simp. And softness will get you, softness will get you walked over. Well, what is important is to differentiate between softness and weakness or AKA bitch assness. And so we're going to get to that right now in a gem drop. Gem dropping. Gem dropping. Gem dropping. So softness versus bitch assness. Now, when we talk about bitch assness or bitch assery, what we're really saying is like weakness. And what weakness is so often is just, you know, not advocating for yourself 
or handing over your power to someone else willingly, okay? And I think that's important to say the willingly part because there is absolutely the scenario where you can be a victim of someone else's abuse, violence, et cetera, and that's not a sign of weakness. Oftentimes it gets misnomered as that, but that's not a sign of weakness. You know, I hate when people are like, oh, you're, you're being a victim. It's like someone can play victim, which means they are pretending to be a victim and they are not. However, there are people who are actual victims and it is not a reflection of your weakness. That's going to come back when we talk about how softness can get taken advantage of. The thing about bitch assness is it's when you are oftentimes also making decisions from a place of weakness that really aren't about the high vibration choice. It may have to do with ego. It may have to do with insecurity, right? It may have to do with, um, you know, protecting something that isn't actually worth as much as like you or your integrity. And the bitch assness is really corny. It's corny. Softness is not bitch assness. Softness is not you getting walked over because you don't want to upset the apple cart. Softness is not you making yourself small so that you can take advantage of someone. Softness is not you dimming your light. Um, softness is not you being submissive. Softness, in my opinion, is you choosing the path of least resistance for the hope of the most peaceful and prosperous outcome. And I want to be clear that I don't think that that works all the time. But I do think that it is a method and an approach that's worth trying pretty much every time, at least once. And when it comes to how you exist in a certain space, coming into certain spaces with that as your methodology, I feel starts to shift the tonality of the space. I know a lot of us have been in relationships where we never really trusted our partner. And so that softness was never going to truly really be there because there always had to be a certain level of boundary and of hardness and of protection that was going to show up. And so we never really allowed ourselves to be soft because we felt like, well, if we show up that way, they're not going to realize what we really mean when we say we mean it. And... I know that that's something that I have worked with and worked on and still work on all the time. Like, how do I get my point across in a way that actually invokes the response that I want 
and not realizing that like when you think, oh, if I deliver it hard, that means that they're going to understand that I really mean it. That doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get it back in a way that you can really receive it. Most times, if you come out hard, you're going to get hard back. Now, I will say sometimes, you know, you deliver things in a soft way and a person who can't receive that is still going to come at you sideways regardless, which lets you know this isn't the space for you because you want to be in a softer space. And the only way to remain in a softer space is with someone who is going to respect the self. They got to respect the softness, okay? I'm somebody who has a hard time with that because for so long I have felt like I've been in spaces where I have to deliver it with the energy of the space in order to be respected in the space. So for someone like me who has been in like show business and like really had to be like my own manager, et cetera, et cetera, softness, I feel like was, is something that I'm still learning how to deliver in a business way that is as effective as being very adamant. I haven't really nailed that in, the, in my own like business. In leadership, it's something I've gotten much better at. But in like me representing myself in certain scenarios, like I feel like I haven't really mastered how to do that in a way that is still coming with softness, but that is still also like, don't fuck with me. So when we look at bitch assness, a lot of times what gets us into trouble is we think that being soft is you being amenable to your own destruction. And that's you, that's the bitch assness. Yeah. You know, or bitch assness can be you being petulant. You know, like being just just a crying annoying baby and that's not what we mean when we say softness. What we mean is not like, oh, you can't handle anything. We don't mean, you know, you, you don't have the, the backbone. What we mean is you don't start with your sword drawn. I saw a quote the other day that the RZA had posted on his Instagram I know that the RZA had posted this on his Instagram because my mother sent it to me. Because my mother follows the RZA on Instagram. <laughs> so the quote was, it's a Cha'an Buddhist proverb that says, when you see a swordsman, draw your sword. Do not recite poetry to one who is not a poet. And if you reverse that, it means... Well, what if I start with poetry? Will that invoke poetry? Versus if I pull my sword beginning in the beginning, does that invoke violence? So the dance of softness is not an easy one. Just like, you know, as Arya Stark quickly learned, the dance of sword fighting is not an easy one. So before we go into this one time, into that one time, this one time, because <laughs> I have two stories. I have one that's a business-related one, but then I wanted to talk about a relationship-type situation. I said this earlier in the episode, and I can't stress it enough. Like, you can't be soft with someone who doesn't want to be soft with you. You can try, but it really can be incredibly draining. And um, a lot of times that person will try and, you know, manipulate your softness against you. 
um, use your softness against you nine times out of 10, well, 10 times out of 10, it's because of their own fear of being soft. Because they look at softness as some type of weakness. And when I say weakness in this context, they look at softness as the possibility for them to be hurt. See, that's why softness in your relationship is so necessary. Because, and I'm going to even... I'm going to even extend that to parenting, even though I'm not a parent, I've been parented. Because what it does is it breeds trust. And at the end of the day, it allows there for to be it allows there to be an openness and you need that if you want to get communicated with in a really true and honest way. And when you don't have softness, what you have is protectiveness. And when someone feels like they have to protect themselves, they're just not going to be as open. They're not going to be as willing. Even the most willing, open of people, myself included, if I have like even a hint of like hostility or whatever from somebody, I will draw back. And what the softness does is it just creates a safe space. And that's like the best place to exist for a parent and for a partner. It can be hard because some of us, we've just been through a lot of negative interactions and our literal actual chemical reaction is to protect. And that can show up in very unsoft ways. So it becomes an actual like genuine effort and choice, which is why this episode is to the side effects of choosing softness. It becomes an actual effort of choice to say, I'm going to deal with this in this way versus in this way. I've had to work so hard to express myself and to express that something is bothering me in my relationship in a way that is not supported by anger that feels like an attack. So I'm back to tell y'all about Chime because I think it's a really good option that some of y'all should really consider. See, Chime has a Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card. And I know we talk about credit and credit building and credit scores and all that stuff. And don't get me wrong, this whole credit thing is a racket. But for what it's worth, it's a racket that we're in the midst of. So you got to make sure your credit is where you want it so that you can get what you want. With the Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card, you can start to build your credit with your own money. See, Chime reports your payments to credit bureaus to help you build credit over time. And their members see an increase of 30 points on average. So you do all of this, with no annual fees, large security deposits, or credit checks to apply. And for those of you who don't know, this whole credit card thing is a racket too because you end up having to pay like $500 at the end of the year just to have the credit card, $800 just to have the credit card. I know they talk about points, et cetera, et cetera. But if you're trying to not be in debt but still have good credit, this Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card might be the right thing for you. So start your credit journey with Chime. Sign up takes only two minutes and doesn't affect your credit score. 
Get started at Chime.com slash doses. That's Chime.com slash doses. The Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card is issued by Stride Bank N.A. pursuant to a license from Visa USA. Chime checking account and $200 qualifying direct deposit required to apply for the secured Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card. Regular on-time payment history can have a positive impact on your credit score. Impact of score may vary, and some users' score may not approve. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply, except at MoneyPass ATMs in a 7-Eleven or any AllPoint or Visa Plus Alliance ATM. Tony2989 asks, why don't black men allow black women to be soft? Let me tell you something. This is a huge question because I know so many women in this exchange. And I think a lot of it has to do with so many black women's mothers may not have shown, like may not have shown up in that way. And so it feels like foreign. And when you do receive it, I think a lot of Black men feel like they are then expected to respond in that way, and they don't necessarily know how to. And so in their not knowing how to, it makes them feel like like um, scared. It makes them feel less than. It makes them feel insecure. And so instead of there being an effort to say, well, how can I then show up soft, because this is a so this is a much more nurturing way to and healthier way to exchange with each other. What ends up happening is it becomes a nah, you're the problem because you're making me feel you're making me feel weird and uncomfortable in my fear of being soft. I feel like that's a lot of the reason why so many black men don't let black women show up soft. I was in a relationship one time with a brother who literally eventually said to me, I can't be with you because you make me have feelings and I can't have those kinds of feelings because those kinds of feelings make me weak. They make me um, not able to really show up and, and, and do what I need to do. And it really made me think of Grey Worm in freaking Game of Thrones. Because Miss Ande was like, I fuck with you, Grey Worm. And Grey Worm was like, I mean, I feel you, but like, I was fighting today. And then I started thinking about you. And so then I got hurt because I was thinking about you. And usually, like, when I'm fighting, I'm just like, I'm out here fighting. There's nothing to lose. So I'm just going for the gusto. But then I was thinking about you. And I all of a sudden got a little shook ones. And she was like, damn, that's not cool. But... The truth is, is that you can also flip that and say that by having something to lose, you would fight even harder when you need to. But ultimately, I think the softness that can happen within Black relationships and Black love relationships is so ultimately necessary because we are having to show up in, in warrior mode in so many other spaces that we need to be able to, quote unquote, take our capes off. And that's not just for black women, but that's for black men. You need to be able to take your capes off. But you aren't gonna, but you aren't gonna be able to, to experience that if you're not gonna allow yourself to. You're not gonna get to experience softness within yourself if you're not gonna let your partner also provide that and also receive that. And that's the bottom line. So that's that. Next question. How can one choose softness when most only respect hardness slash toughness? 
listen, listen, love is my religion. I hear you. What I'm really working on is how to deliver hardness and toughness in a way that isn't undermining the hardness and toughness. Okay, so what I mean by that is, like, I think a lot of us, when we think hardness and toughness, it ends up showing up, it ends up showing up in a particular way. It ends up showing up real, like, um, brusque, real, like, in your face. It ends up showing up real, it can be very loud. Um, It ends up showing up very hostile. And even if we mean we're passionate, but really the hardness and toughness is really simply just about not being moved. Right? Like if we really get to the bottom of it, like the hardness and toughness is really simply about just not being moved. And so there is something to be said for there being able to be a way that you deliver things in a soft way that still doesn't mean you're going to play me. I think Monique is probably like, she's probably a really good example of that. Like she, she really delivers things in a soft way, but that very much clearly means like, don't try me. Tabitha Brown as well. And I think so many of us we feel like, oh my God, we're going to use up so much energy just trying to deliver things that way because that's not how we naturally speak. But there is a practice to it, I think. Eventually, you can start to master, like, I can tell you, I really don't appreciate the way that I'm being treated and I don't appreciate the way that this is going and I would like for us to find solutions. You can present that in that way and, um, and still not be moved. Now, that being said, Sometimes you got to bring in reinforcements. Yes, yeah. Sometimes you got to bring in reinforcements. And sometimes you may have to be the reinforcement because you're right. Sometimes like that's not respected and you're going to have to take a different route. I guess what I'm saying is I think that you should always choose softness as a first line of attack, a line of approach. I think that's always a fair like effort to make. Choosing softness as a first line of approach. Giving people even the option to not let it have to go to 10. That's the part that I think a lot of us don't really try. Um, Next question. How would you suggest finding your way back to softness after you've been hardened by heartbreak? And in parentheses, Official backs put career, relationships, family. I know that when I went through like my nervous breakdown, I had to find my way back to softness first with myself. And that first step becomes how you picture yourself in the world. So whether it's career, relationships, friendships, It comes with you having a reassessment and a realignment with how you see you. And oftentimes when we've taken blows from them kind of situations, we are seeing ourselves um, in a way that we don't like. Like we start shitting on ourselves. We start being hard on ourselves. We start dissing ourselves. We start feeling insecurities about these things. And so we're not even really liking ourselves or loving ourselves. And so when we're showing up with hardness in these other places because of these things that have happened, it's because we want to protect ourselves. Um, And oftentimes we are protecting ourselves in a way that actually is hindering us from being our full self. So I think it becomes us having to come to a, a come to Jesus moment, so to speak, or coming back to the middle of like, okay, how do I build up my own confidence in myself first so that I can be soft 
because I am no longer, I'm, I don't have the same level of worry of other people hurting me. So I don't have to show up in that same protective mindset. And that can be very hard, but it's a practice. It's a practice. It's affirmations. It's meditation. It's therapy. It's a combination of whatever works well for you, but it can take a trying different things and methods. But I think ultimately it, it, it comes back to you and you reimagining, realigning, and reconfirming what makes you strong enough to even be soft because that's the real tea. Okay, the real tea is that softness requires strength. We're not talking about weakness. We're not talking about bitch assness, okay? We're talking about being able to have vulnerability because you know that no matter what happens, you have the solidity of self to be all right. And they're not going to take your softness and your peacefulness from you. That's really that. And that's the part that I feel like so many folks don't get. That's the part that so many folks don't get. The real strength and power is knowing that I can be vulnerable or I can be, I can come at you this way because I know that you're not going to take anything from me that I can't get back. If I need to turn up, then it can happen, but I'm going to first approach in the way that is most peaceful to me because I deserve that. You know, in tennis, the thing that my coach always says is that you start to lose when the opponent gets you to change your stroke. And so you're always trying to set yourself up to still be able to do your stroke. No matter what they do with the ball, you still should be able to do your stroke the same way that you always do your stroke. That may mean that you have to change how far you are from the ball. That may mean that you have to change the position of your body. But at the end of the day, you're still able to go uninterrupted from doing things the way that is comfortable for you. And you start to lose when you start adjusting that. And all that really says to me is, in the metaphor, is that when you let people take you out of your character, they are now driving the direction of things going. So that whole business of like, oh, you know, if I'm soft, they're going to run it. It's like, well, either way, <laughs> if, that's how, if that's not how you want to be and they are making you be something other than that, they're kind of running the show which fucking sucks because sometimes that's just the way it go. But at least try, at least try to show up choosing softness. Okay, one more question. Socially Yoke said, when someone intentionally wants to argue, how can you use softness to respond and still get your point across? Man, I'm struggling. I feel you, Socially Yoke. Okay, there's two ways to that that I feel like you deal with this. One, it's like, why do you want to argue? So that's like sometimes the most direct, soft question you can ask somebody. Why do you, why are you choosing to argue? I want to choose solution, but I feel like you want to argue. And what is the reason why? Now I'm going to tell you the T on that. The T on that is a lot of times people are choosing to argue because you haven't given them the appeasement that they need yet, but that's because they haven't communicated what they're actually upset about yet. 
So the reason why they keep arguing and you're like, didn't we already sort this out is because they have not really told you why they're actually upset. And they may not ever because they're not ready to, because they're unable to, because they don't have the language to. And so it ends up being you having to like, do, 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 try and figure that out. But for real, for real, like that's a lot of times why people keep arguing. They keep arguing because they haven't gotten to the conclusion yet because they don't even necessarily want to say it or they don't even know why they have not felt satiated in this exchange. The other part of it is that sometimes it's like, you know what? I am not interested in arguing with you. I'm interested in peace with you. So what I'd like for us to do is to take some time away, to step away from this conversation and come back to it when we're both, when when you feel the same way that I do about finding a solution. And that is so hard to say in the moment. (laughs) It is so hard to say in the moment. It really is. Um, It really is. And like a lot of times when people do this, so not everybody is a narcissist, but narcissism is like very common with with us as, as humans because like when we feel like our feelings are not being met or we our feelings are hurt, like it is very natural to then protect our feelings. And an often way, the way to protect your feelings is to hurt someone else's feelings. That's why they say hurt people hurt people, right? So they will then, um, like sometimes people will say things to you, especially if you're in your peacefulness, like it feels like it's condescending or it feels like it is not um, respectful. And so they will feel like, well, if you're not at my energy, then you're not as mad at me and as mad as me. And so now I need to try and get you to be as mad at me so that I can feel better about being at this energy. And it's really hard to like try and help someone feel like, no, I see you. I hear you. I'm just not going to go to that energy with you. That's a dance in itself. And I feel like part of that is really just being able to verbally tell people like, I hear what you're saying and I feel you, but I would like to talk about it in this space. I would like to talk about it in this space. And it's very difficult for me to stay in that space if you keep raising your voice at me or if you keep coming at me with like wild shit. So I get it. I'm not trying to talk about this like I'm the Dalai Lama or whatever, but it's that these are the types of things that I have been practicing and learning and I'm constantly in practice with. And I think that they can be very, very helpful if we are able to like actually apply them. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, someone in here is like, oh, the world needs to know about the Holy Bible. Well, guess what? The Holy Bible has caused a bajillion fucking wars, et cetera. So it's not simply about the Holy Bible. And we don't even know who wrote the Bible. What we really need to know is that all of us have the power of peacefulness. We really, truly do. And every good book talks about that, not just the Bible. All the religions that are about like the the best of mankind are in seeking peacefulness in any way possible. So serenity, yes, serenity. So I just feel like we have to make that our goal in any conversation, even if the other person doesn't want it. And sometimes that means like stepping away from that in order to achieve that. Because some people also just don't know how to step away. I have a hard time with that sometimes. Like, I don't know how to step away. I'm like, no, we in it right now. We in it. We fucking in it. And it's like, no, step away and also make a plan to step back into it. You know, make a plan to step back into it. I was going to, I already said I have one more question, but we're going to do another one because I feel like it. And it's my show. It's my show. Um, all right. I also loved how many brothers had questions that I really appreciate that. I really appreciate that. Okay. 
Um, Hardish314, what's good, what's good, what's good? Asked, how do you unlearn hardness through family upbringing and the guise of constant performance? How do you unlearn hardness through family upbringing and the guise of constant performance? I mean, I think that comes down to being able to go back and explore like the root of, of like the hardness and what was causing it. Like for me, so I'm like a very logical minded person. So for me, a lot of stuff comes to clarity when I am able to like explore and see the root cause and then identify that like that root cause ain't got shit to do with me. And so then now I can attach that to the feeling so that when I'm in that moment again, it's like, oh, well, that that feeling is not about me. That feeling is attached to something else that has nothing to do with me. I have the choice to deal with that differently. I have the choice to deal with this differently now. So I think some of it is really just about being exploratory about how these behaviors even came about, which is why people, which is why therapists like, you know, work so hard on having us identify our triggers, right? About having us identify our, um, our like root causes of trauma, et cetera. And I think it's really something that a lot of us are afraid to do. And our families definitely are afraid to do because it means exposing secrets. And sometimes it also means exposing behaviors that people aren't necessarily proud of and they don't want to be held accountable for. Mm -hmm. So I think that's an important way of getting to that. I think it's an important effort that has to be done because fam, like when you're raised in a hardness, you're like, why the fuck was everyone so goddamn hard? And now I'm hard. Like my mom is a hard person. Now that she retired, she's all happy-go-lucky and on the Instagram, ha, ha, ha. But like my mom is a hard person. And so then I've had to, in my work of undoing my own hardness, get to the bottom of why is she so hard? And then being able to do that work and then see how, like, you understand what I'm saying? It's math. It's math. So I think it's really just exploration is the first way to get under that. The first way to get under that is exploration. And I think that when we look at softness and how it can show up, softness just means showing up without the intent of attack. And oftentimes we do that without even thinking about it because we've been trained to always show up in a space of protection that shows up that way. You can still protect yourself without showing up with your sword out. I want to encourage everybody, though, to understand that even if the other person is not responding all the time. I, I, I know that I said earlier in the video, like if, if someone isn't responding to your softness, like you can't exist in it. 
And, but I also need to say there's a spectrum because at the end of the day, like so many of us are still working through this, right? So there has to at least be a willingness and a receptiveness for their own, for themselves as well. And sometimes that's the frustration. It's like, okay, well, you're in a phase where like you're able to really nail it and the other person is still trying to get there. And then they're there, but then you're like not really nailing it. And so it can feel like, oh my gosh, like what are we really doing? And so there has to be kind of this meeting of the minds of like, we're choosing softness, we're choosing softness, we're choosing softness, we're choosing softness. Like, and there has to be some sort of an actual willingness, even in the moment for when someone says, Hey, can you choose softness right now for you to self-check, you know, and you have to like choose between each other. Like that, that's what we're going to do. We're going to do that. It can, it can be difficult, you know, and in the moment of heatedness, of course, in the protection of feelings, a lot of times people get real contrary and people get real, you know, nah, 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 nah. And that's not helpful either. But I cannot stress the fact that particularly black people in this country, black people in the world, we need more softness. We have just been had to be fighters and fighters and fighters and fighters. And it shows up everywhere in our lives. It shows up in our relationships. It shows up in how we do business. It shows up in our friendships. It shows up in how we raise children. Like there's just always this like force behind everything that isn't always enriching, that isn't always about like, encouraging strength. Sometimes that force is so, it's just so applied to everything that it's draining as fuck. It's draining as fuck. And it's like, you can't keep it up. And if you have that in your house, then you're always like, you know, you're always kind of boxing and ready. And who wants that? And some of us are so used to that. We're so used to it that the idea of not being that feels like you're not really actually in it. You're not really doing the relationship. You agree? Devon agrees. And so that's really just you saying that you are a functional dysfunction person. That's really what it is. It's functional dysfunction. So I was in a business scenario where I got scammed. I got scammed by this company in China. And my business manager at the time had given me bad advice. And not, I don't, this is, you know what? Let's not even call it advice. They had given me bad information. I had asked if the check had cleared in order to, for me to make the next move. And they said, yes, the check posted. I said, did the check clear? They said, yes, the check posted. Okay. Now, fast forward a few days later, I get a call from the bank. They're like, yeah, this was a fraudulent check and your wire was already sent. It cannot be retrieved. And you just got scanned for $119,000. <laughs> so I call my business manager and I'm just like, um, you told me the check cleared. And he said, no, I told you the check posted. I said, I asked you if the check cleared and you said, yes, the check posted. I don't even know. What is the difference between the check clearing and posting? And he said, well, cleared means that the funds from the check have been cleared based on the check. Posted means that the bank posted the funds from the check to your account, even though they haven't cleared the check. Why the fuck would you tell me some shit that's not what I asked you? I said, did the check clear? And you said, yes, it posted. And okay, let's just even remove that from the equation. If you knew the check hadn't cleared, why would you suggest that I send the wire? Wouldn't a business manager who's managing your business, say to you, let's wait till the check clears first. 
Exactly. So this person who, uh, you know, uh, a lot of times at business management firms, you have the business management firm, but then they give you like, you know, just different individuals that you deal with. And at this particular business management firm, I got to tell you, I never liked any of the people they met, they they connected me with, but nonetheless, I went to his, so I had to deal with his boss and his boss just kept telling me, well, we're investigating it. We're investigating it. We're investigating it. I'm like, okay, um, how long does that take? Because I feel like this is already very, really, really, very, very clear. And they very much were like trying to just keep me at bay. But the reason I'm telling this story is because at no point did I raise my voice. <laughs> For some reason, I successfully was able in this situation to choose softness. And I truly believe that I eventually got my money back from the business business management firm because I managed to choose softness the whole time. So much of choosing softness is also about simply just having restraint. And so many of us feel like having restraint is letting someone get over on us. And I am here to tell you that is not always the case. Oftentimes, having restraint is you protecting your energy and you also controlling the scenario in a way that your emotions may not have allowed it to be. I'm not the best at that. That's a really hard thing for me. But in this scenario, something told me, Amanda, you got to do it. And so I talked like this. In every conversation, I kept this tone. I call this the powerful black woman tone. Because it's a tone like a Maya Angelou. It's a tone like a, like a Claire Huxtable. It's a tone that says, you know that I am educated. You know that I am not to fuck with. Do not let the degrees fool you. Because I am watching you. And I believe that that tone of softness, but still of seriousness, is what eventually got me my coins. My coins. And I know so many of y'all are shaking your heads right now, like are nodding your heads right now, because especially if you're in corporate, that's how you have to exist all the goddamn time. Because if you're not passive aggressive, you still need your shit dealt with, but you can't come at them the way that they deserve to be came at, which is how the fuck do we end up losing all of this money? (laughs) Anywho, softness, choosing softness. You know, we're at a time in this nation where we are realizing quick, fast, and in a hurry that everything that we grew up watching and learning from in terms of our icons of civil rights, et cetera, has all been for us to use now. And when we look at all of those different individuals, there's so many different methods that were used, whether it's, you know, Martin Luther King and his efforts of passive resistance or Malcolm X and his efforts of go for the gusto. You know, you have Fannie Lou Hamer, who was all about organizing and and um, and using the the power of the people in a very on the ground way within the system as well. You had Medgar Evers, who was a very measured individual who wasn't um, 
you know, who really was, was, I think measured is the best word. It was just a very direct individual, but also was not a, a large, um, you know, he wasn't a larger than life kind of person and was still effective in his efforts in Mississippi before he was slain in his driveway in front of his children. We look at Reverend Shuttlesworth in Birmingham. We look at people like um, Ella Baker. We look at Coretta Scott King. A lot of people don't give her her any regard as being an, an organizer and activist, but I mean, she wasn't just at home cooking. Coretta was out there in the kitten heel and the coat, marching. But I say all these different individuals, we look at even Muhammad Ali, who was larger than life. And all of these folks have shown up in particular ways, but there needed to be a certain level of softness as we've come to learn in all of their lives, whether it was in their relationships with their wives or within their their groups, their sisterhood, their, their vacations, et cetera, in order for them to continue the fight. And we know that this softness that we're speaking of, it doesn't work in the fight that we have to have outside of our inner circles. This softness is what Democrats are to have leaned on for too long that it's become bitch-assness. However, I cannot stress enough that it is that softness within your own private space within the interactions you have on a regular basis that I believe is the key to keeping you ready and, and um, able to turn up when it's time to turn the fuck up. Because if you on all the time, you're draining energy. I know that also because I've been having a lot of conversations with my electric company about how energy really works. So I wish you all to go forth in your softness and choosing softness and how you deal with everyone from the lady at the DMV to your partner at home to per my previous email. And don't do it just for others. Do it for yourself. Because you deserve it. And you deserve the peacefulness of an interaction being as annoying as fuck, (laughs) but not having to be a hostile one. A podcast network.